Your martial arts movie podcast. Aha! I threw that shit before I walked in the room! Featuring Drunken Thai boxer Will. Too bad you will die. The also drunken wrestler, Mark. I said I don't want travel. And drunken karate master, Zero. You've lost your boss. And now, call, call, call. I don't come You know, baby. Fists of Fail. Hey, everybody. Happy, Happy New Year. Ah, <laughs> uh, you stole my thunder. <laughs> uh yeah yeah what zero said happy 2021 it is yeah that's totally the year and date that it is right now as we're recording how are your resolutions going maybe you guys should Uh, you know start a new code of ethics may i recommend bushido um (laughs) wow that is such a stretch of a transition that's great that's great. Is Bushido uh, a code of ethics? I feel like I was asking you what the hell Bushido means while we were watching this. It, it, you know what? You know what Bushido is? Yeah, like no Bushido. Like when when you asked me like, uh, what is Bushido? I googled it, and essentially it did that thing where dictionaries do, where it's like, oh, what is Bushido? Bushido is the act of Bushido. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like it, the definition is defining itself. That's some, that's uh, yeah, no, it but Bushido well. is the way of the yeah. Bushido is the way of the samurai. So uh, like that is also not well. Very what they mean by that, um, it specifically relates to samurai, but the the way of the samurai referring to like um, a philosophy, a moral code, an ethical code, um, an attitude, you know, um, overarching just like culture um yep. that's pretty much what bushido is it's kind of so hard does to bushido explain. also mean like what the diet is of the samurai <laughs> it, believe it or not it does reference things like that so yes um it can be very detailed in many weird ways and then very kind of bland and like moral and ethical ways where you're like wait a minute like why are you restricting my diet yet you're like yeah killing's okay <laughs> i'm like what maybe well, mark mark did you his... know that Uh-oh. if you eat the food of another <laughs> fighter you can essentially know their weakness yeah so maybe that's why yeah. diet comes into play in the in the code of bushido <sighs> Oh my god, I I have so many problems with that. (laughs) You know what it is? It's actually, if you ever watch Heroes, it's like when Siler, one of the main characters, like, kills one of the the heroes or whatever, and then takes Mm -hmm. on the other power. And because, I I don't even remember how it's done, but, like, he basically, like, doesn't he, like, eat a part of them or something? Oh, I don't know. It's like that you're talking about a 14-year-old TV show. <laughs> I haven't seen a single episode. So just to be uh, clear, we are talking about Bushido Man from yes. 2013. This is a Japanese film. Yep, we we are talking about Bushido Man. Oh my god! Aha! Uh-huh. Palm, uh, Jean-Luc Picard. Yeah, so Star yeah. Trek. Just kidding. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we just basically described the entire story with that little. Uh, dialogue there uh bushido man is about a man who eats the food of his adversary regional his, yeah the regional of his adversaries and uh, somehow be- learns to think like their fighter that he's fighting mm. um it doesn't actually work i mean it works in the movie because that's a movie it, like they explain that like oh because he did it uh because he ate that food he now understands the ways of the the fighter 
but like it, they don't really really explain yeah, it, it I guess. it doesn't work at all it's a great concept that i wish they made some fake mythology mm. of, about uh-huh. because it's it's kind of neat if you think about it like oh if i eat the food of my enemy like i kind of become him and learn how to defeat him mm. but in yeah. the movie he actually defeats his enemy by just mimicking them and like that's kind of it it has nothing to do with the food. Yeah, at it, all. yeah. It, this was it, an this excuse is... to fly to different parts of Japan <laughs> and like feed the actor. Like, you're looking malnourished. Let's give you some food. For some reason, when I started this movie, I actually thought it was like Tampopo, the ramen movie, the mm. old Japanese uh, ramen movie. Um, and I was like, is this just like a martial arts equivalent of that movie? <laughs> Um, and at least in the beginning, it kind of felt that way. And it was very vague until they started explaining things more and more as you went deeper into the film. Um, because there's like a weird flashback situation where basically the movie is being narrated to, um, like the senior master or whatever you want to call him, right? Um, because technically the guy who returns from his journey is also a master, but whatever. So his master. Um, to explain it, it's like a Japanese wuxia with food and okay. adapt and a learning different martial arts styles along the way somehow through food. But my point is that you don't really figure that out, at least immediately, because there's like some vagueness. I thought he legitimately was just like a martial artist genius who actually would learn the styles just by like mimicking them or something. Well, that, that yeah. kind of is what yeah. happens. He yeah. doesn't learn. He in, in the movie, he doesn't really learn anything by eating the food. Mm-hmm. At least it's not very clear to us. It's more that he just watches them in the fight, and then he kind of understands what he right. needs to do. No, it's just it's just the actor going like, oh, that looks delicious. I want that. <laughs> and he just eats it. He's like, oh, I think I understand how the fighter fights now. Uh, yeah, if they explain it in a way that's like, well, I mean, this. well, we're in a... We're in Okinawa and they eat oh uh, tacos. I mean, they're probably this guy's probably really gassy. So what if I hit him in the stomach a couple times and he's just gonna be farting the entire fight? Then I can exploit his weakness. But I mean, like, I mean, even if you did it one time, that that's already. I mean, to explain one fight that way and have it come up with different ways to incorporate it into the fight mm-hmm. seems a. It, it, it's like it's limited, right? There's only so many ways you can go about this. So like they did, but they didn't even try it once. They never really yeah. I, I once almost wish it was did. something along the lines of like, oh, this is a style of food from this prefecture. It's lacking in this nutrient, so I'm going to somehow exploit mm. that. Like, oh, there's no mm. dairy, so they lack vitamin D, so his bones are brittle. <laughs> you know, like I'm jumping to con- I'm jumping to conclusions, but that would have been a little more interesting than how they did it here. I do oh, yeah, I do he, like he, this movie a lot, but this movie doesn't really it, it like throws its premise out really quick i i predict the <laughs> screenwriting future in, for you zero <laughs> but there's um i mean there's there's a lot of reference like um to the foods uh and the uh prefectures basically that um mm-hmm. they're referencing um which was really cool i don't know if you guys noticed I, i'm actually jumping ahead but it was a little little on the nose when he was in okinawa right um the guy was drinking orion beer mm-hmm. or whatever and that is actually uh, a company that is based in okinawa it's like a little mm. too on the nose 
and well, right. Well, I, I well, think they actually travel to these locations. Yeah, I'm pretty positive he goes to those places. Right. I mean, that's that's kind yeah, of a yeah. neat detail. I I don't know any of that stuff, so you know, right, that, right. That's neat for you to fill us in on. Yeah, and and Mark, did you know that Yokohama actually is a desert, <laughs> deserted wasteland? <laughs> that's totally how Yokohama is. Uh, because once we get to the what the two thirds mark, uh, maybe one third, uh, one half, two thirds mark. Uh, suddenly, the main character, played by uh, Miki Koga, uh, Mits- mm-hmm. Mitsuki, Mits- Mitsuki, Mitsuki uh, Koga. Koga. Yeah, okay, making sure I pronounce that correctly. <laughs> my my Japanese is very rusty. Uh, the he goes into uh, he fights two guys. Oh well, he fights one person there, like uh, one person who's armed like uh, with a gun. And we're not gonna talk about him in detail because it's like it's not really a fight scene, right? Uh, uh, he, he basically rep- represents America. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, but for some reason, in, in Yo- I think it was in Yokohama, right? I mean, no, he fights two guys. Like, the first one is, um, is a Yakuza, but the second guy is the gun dude. And yeah, you're thinking to yourself, like, why is this a, a post-apocalyptic place? So a little bit of backstory. Uh-huh. Uh, I wasn't even aware of this. So Zero brought it to my attention nice. that... There is another movie that the director did, uh, Takonori, uh, i trying to remember his last name, Takonori Sujimoto. Mm-hmm. Uh, he worked on a short film, a series of short films called uh, Hard Revenge Millie. Yep. And those are just ex- kind of exploitative, kind of splatterhouse kind of movies with uh, a woman who shoots gun, like shoots shit out of her body uh, out of her knee and has like claws that come out of her chest <laughs> i'm not doing this justice yeah uh <laughs> i'm not doing that movie justice at all uh we maybe we'll talk about it in the future but anyways um that movie is takes place in the far future uh far future post-apocalyptic landscape and that character actually has a cameo in this movie and that's the whole reason why the last third of the film has like this this um this quarantine zone where it's like it looks like uh, basically fallout 99 <laughs> fallout uh, 76 um yeah so like when you're watching this film you're you're once you get to that point you're like wait everything everything up to this point has seemed like it takes place in the modern times mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it just takes a drastic shift and it's it's a dystopia for some reason and yeah. you're like why did they make that creative decision it, it doesn't technically work because uh, hard revenge mm-hmm. millie takes place in 20xx and <laughs> this movie is definitely a modern day film it's I, it's just a director referencing his old material which which i loved i loved seeing that character again and the fact that she gives gun gauntlets to the main character right right yeah i'll, I mean, I'll, I'll 20... say sorry i, I just wanted to say real quick like i, I kind of want to give this episode a spoiler warning because you know the movie does start out pretty you know simple in terms of its story and what you're expecting of it but once it goes into the realm of him meeting this this character with the gun gauntlets it just like goes off the rails in in in, like absurdity but that was so fun to see it kind of de-evolve from just like a normal kind of story yeah, well, uh, up to that point, it, it's essentially a, a standard martial arts movie, mm-hmm. and then it becomes ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> but and it's it becomes a little bit more like what you see, would see in Hard Revenge Millie, uh, minus the gore. Hard Revenge Millie is a lot more like, gory slash. Uh, well, it's Splatterhouse. Yeah, it's right? a little more splatter film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this movie is a little bit more tame. It doesn't shy away from some of the gore, but it's not as much. Yeah. Obviously, you can get away with a, like a soft R, not a like. 
leaning towards the NC-17. Right. Well, whatever equipment that they have in Japan. Yeah. But anyways, uh, we should talk about the fights because there's a lot of them. Uh, in fact, the, the full title is uh, Bushido Man, the Seven and the Seven Deadly Sims? Battles or something like that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, but of the seven, there's only five that we really talk would want to talk about. Plus one extra. So, oh no, no, it's four plus one extra. Am I doing math right? I don't think I'm doing math right. Um, yeah. So the first one, uh, the first one is against the kung fu guy. I don't know. I'll also explain it. And and the whole the whole movie is kind of explained very similar to Hero, uh, Jet Li's Hero, if you think about it, right? It's uh, like the pretext of all the fights are told in a flashback. Right. So you know, in, if you remember, if you remember in Hero, Jet Li sits down in front of the emperor and tells tells his superior like oh this is what happened in the first battle here's the next battle um except in this story he's explaining food <laughs> uh explaining it with food details as well of course <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so the first one um he's taking on a kung fu dude and i, I there's one thing i kind of don't like about it it's that the opening credits stop the action <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. uh, what happens a lot in this movie, and it's it's interesting, but it's also kind of a detriment to the fights, mm-hmm. is uh, there's actually storytelling in the fights. They there there's a lot of visuals like telling you like kind of what's happening, but the problem is you'll get small bouts of choreography, but then it'll have to pause a lot because insert credits or insert you know characters narrative. kind of insert yeah insert maybe small narrative details. So the pacing of the fight is, for me personally, it, it's really off because you get this great buildup, but then they have to stop because they have to kind of start putting in a little narrative in there. And I'm just like, ah, like, don't do that. Keep fighting, keep fighting. Like, the, it, it was looking good. The only breaks that, uh, or, or interruptions during those types of scenes when they're fighting that are actually kind of enjoyable, but I feel like a little too on the nose is when... Like in the first, the first challenger actually, right? So he was supposed to be a um, a, a Chinese a, a kung fu master, right? Of the mantis style, and he they cut to a literal mantis, and it's just like, how corny are you? Like, why? <laughs> you know? Uh, well, um, that's the thing. I kind I find find it kind of cute. Yeah, I, I feel like we've I feel like we've seen that in other like Hong yeah. Kong martial arts films before. Right. Yeah, hey, but one... like you know, this was like for me personally. I can't. I won't speak for you guys, but it's like it was nose. just a little too over the top for me. And so, and then so well, the whole movie's confused. over the top. Did they say his style was mantis? I can't remember. Um, no, they, I don't think. No. I don't think they specifically said it. But it's, I, I mean, it's pretty implied. Yeah. Right? So I, actually, for me, I kind of liked that they cut to the mantis mm. because then it made sense when I saw his like fingers poking. You know, I was like, right. oh, okay, that's what style he was doing because. I wasn't right. clear what that was at first. But right. then, yes, it yeah. literally cuts to a praying mantis climbing up the tree. And I'm just like, oh, okay, I got the connection now. Right. Well, right, see, this right, is right. why, personally, I didn't like that, though. Because, yes, for one part, for the mantis, specifically for the kung fu artist, he uh, martial artist, that made sense. But when they cut to a damn tortoise, and then they cut to <laughs> <laughs> Bushido Man. So I'm right. going to call him Bushido Man. Um, yeah, call, call uh, Bushido Man. 
then I'm like, wait, so is Mickey he doing tortoise style? Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, okay, I, I can see where, yeah. yes, that, there's that visual a, cue might be off. Yeah, it, yeah I, I, I completely understand. And mm-hmm. then yeah. when the tortoise gets involved in the fight, because, you know, it's like... <laughs> yeah, it's coming. <laughs> like, right. it just it's like, wait, so is it the style? Well, is it not the style? And then I had to look it up and make sure that there actually <laughs> was a tortoise style or a turtle style and there is but at least in my interpretation of his moves it was not what that was well no of course not. right yeah. it was it I'm... was like a, a shittier mimicry of the mantis style basically mm-hmm. that that well okay well with all that aside uh you know like well, even though they didn't mimic the turtle style uh, after they explained that the mantis was there i mean the whole point of the turtle is to establish that both of these fighters i mean it sets up that both of these fighters are noble humble uh like combatants right mm-hmm. like they, they don't want to hurt a harmless animal and also the main character is you know, he he wants to fight on fair ground, right? Yeah, so he'll yeah. make sure that he, you know. So what ends up happening is that the turtles on the ground, and it crawls into the into the arena, and and like I don't know about you, but like most most of the time when there's wildlife and they see some sort of scuffle, they usually don't move towards the scuffle. <laughs> <laughs> but this but this one turtle is asking for it, and it, it comes directly underneath the line of fire. So what ends up happening is the kung fu guy he catches himself. Um, before he hits the ground, but he twists and kind of sprains his his hand. Yeah. yeah. So as a noble act, the main character wants to continue fighting on level ground. So he just demolishes his own hand with a rock. Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah, which, which I have to say, this comes up again. This yeah, actually yeah, comes it, up again. And, it's a kind of recurring theme with, and, with yeah. the character. And I don't Bishima. get it. I don't right. get it. What? Because oh, so, it's such a simple premise. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> if it was like a one-time battle, but he's literally going on a journey. I mean, the dude pretty much like implies that he blinds himself at one point. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, how did he recover his vision? You know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that, yeah. That, that, I had that same question that, too. That happens uh, later, but yeah, that does not. Yeah, make we'll, sense we'll in talk about right. that. Right, but then like the implication is that he basically broke all the bones in his wrist, the kung fu master, and then Bushido Man basically crushed his hand with a rock and did the same thing, irreparably damaging his hand just so he could be a one-handed fighter. So like, right. look, you don't you don't know how much time has passed in his travels. Okay, yeah, yeah, it could that, have been yeah, seven don't, years. Don't think too deeply into the logic of this movie because they couldn't even figure out how to make eating food could defeat Mark, your villain correctly. I like a Mark. Logic. You're, you're talk, th- this is the same. This is in the same universe where a lady has uh, bionic things coming out of her chest and then a flamethrower burning, that's true. <laughs> burning a person alive. That's a lot of questions. So, uh, <laughs> Oh, I wouldn't think too much. It, 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 okay, I, I can kind of get when you start the movie, you're you're wondering how how ridiculous can the movie be, mm. and here it's like okay, well, even with all your qualms you just mentioned, like it's it's kind of still it's still pretty grounded. It's yeah, pretty grounded exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's only later that we then you can start. Complaining. I mean, you have to suspend <laughs> some disbelief um, to to kind of follow it, but it's like an acceptable amount. 
Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. one thing I want to talk about. Uh, sorry. Uh, one thing I want to talk about for this is that since we're setting up the characters, anyways, uh, and the ways that they fight, the main character, his whole thing is not only does he want to fight on level grounds and be a noble and humble fighter, he wants to fight his opponent using the style that they are known for right uh, and by the end of it he actually wants to get their scroll their their martial arts scroll which i don't know this is 2013 i don't know if people still carry scrolls around <laughs> what but um, what the hell is a nunchuck scroll i just i need to know <laughs> yeah. well apparently that's just you smacking yourself in the face and it's a gim it's a it's it's just a it's a joke it's fight. just a skit yeah, exactly yeah i mean he's um, a, he's essentially link you know he's going to beat the boss <laughs> yeah. and then he gets you know he gets the weapon and then he can use the weapon potentially somewhere later down the line i got so I many more video like game vibes and like <laughs> yeah. just grinding away at the you know like leveling up every time right level one fight yeah uh yeah that's that's essentially the like the the backbone of the whole movie but oh, well in terms of the actual fight itself if i want to like go into the nitty-gritty uh yeah like i said before the opening credits they kind of slow that's what slows the momentum a lot for me uh zero you said before that like uh when they do they stop the action and like it can be kind of jarring i actually don't mind it so much in this movie and i feel like that's a recurring thing we see a lot in japanese films right Uh, japanese japanese movies are media in general is very influenced by anime and if you've ever like watched an anime or whatnot there's a lot of there's a lot of dialogue and a lot of pausing and a lot of posturing before like in between the action and they will they will stop to stop all the action to do that. I feel like this is no different from that. But here I, I don't mind. I feel like it's a stylistic thing and it works appropriately. So what I was saying earlier is that um, I think yeah I think why it works in this movie too is because at least when they're stopping they are adding like you know narrative beats into the fight. So at least you know the fight is evolving. Because, like, in the beginning of this fight, he's losing to the guy because he starts using the Mantis style. So he realizes this. So then uh, Bushido Man adopts the Mantis style, like, you know, kind of learning uh, from his movements. And then from that, they stop. And that's where the tortoise comes into play. And then we get uh, a character moment for Bushido Man. We realize that, oh, he's actually an honorable fighter. He doesn't want to win with an advantage. So then he busts his hand so that they're now on equal ground. So, you know, we have narrative points within the fight. And then we have character building within the fight. You know, very, very, very simple stuff. You know, this isn't high art or anything like that. But I appreciate that they're willing to kind of put this in there. Right. So there's actually like, um, at least in Chinese martial arts, there's like this um, idea that there is one particular style, right? Uh, whatever it is, you know, whatever animal you want to associate. And then there's an another style that is supposed to defeat it, right? So this is kind of an interesting approach um, to that where you're not looking for the superior mm. style. You're doing the same exact style and using the moves within its own style to defeat the opponent, which is you're learning and you're using the existing techniques that your opponent has to kind of defeat them, which is kind of awesome. Yeah, that's great. You know, that, that, that's why I like this. Uh, I like the idea of, of the fights, like the, the setup of, of every fight is that like it's not about the tech. It is about the techniques, kind of, but it's more about who's the better fighter who's the more adaptable mm-hmm. of the two. Um, and, I mean, that actually becomes a lesson at the end. Uh, you 
spoiler alert, it's it's literally the end of Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> I mean, like literally, it's the same exact ending. He opens up all oh, spoilers. He opens up all the scrolls. They're all empty, mm-hmm. uh, and it's the fighter within. And there's you know, don't don't be ascribed uh, to one style. Like it, just be be versatile. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, Poe. All right, you yeah, can go you know, off the, the dragon the, the warrior. The journey now. was more important than the destination. You know, you can't kill <laughs> right. two birds with one stone. You know, <laughs> don't feed the mogwai after midnight. All those lessons that you learned. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, and yeah, the the first fight uh, where the, the the actual the action itself is pretty good, uh, the, but the movements are really quick, uh, which I do appreciate. And again, I. By the way, we're talking about this movie <laughs> at, at, at our 30-minute mark into the discussion uh, because it's January and we wanted to talk about <laughs> a, a bunch of Japanese films. And with, staying within this theme, it's been kind of difficult because uh, Japanese films, uh, Japanese action movies, typically are a lot, on, a little bit more on the, um, I don't want to say slow burn as in like a negative connotation, but it is more like tension building and then yeah. like the tension building and then big hit and then the action's over here like it doesn't skimp out on the long bouts of choreography and here we, we get that's exactly what we get like especially in the first fight uh we get long bouts of choreography and there is quick editing but there it's also like it's quick edit quick edit and then long shot long cut take of like uninterrupted fight uh, uninterrupted fighting before you get back to the quick editing so it's like there's always variety here and going into every single pose and, and strike that they do can be a little tricky, um, but because there's a lot that goes on in this first fight, and all this, be- and the the only reason why the fir- the winner the the f- Bushido man wins is because he realizes the art of chili oil in dumplings. Oh my goodness! <laughs> or what whatever whatever yo. whatever mess the story <laughs> tries when, to explain. When yo that was actually that first representation of the food to the martial art and the fight i think the first um the first fight or 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 the first explanation when he was speaking to uh, i think his name was gensei which is the master um that was the best explanation even though it was such a cold kind of like open to it where you felt like what the hell are these people talking about why is there food involved um but it's like oh you decided to like put chili oil on your your dumplings you really are my like you know uh, (laughs) apprentice or whatever um or student and um in a weird way like in in the script it must have made complete sense but something kind of misses it it misfires in the actual movie and it's not until like later on that you really see what they meant by that. It, it, right. For me, it doesn't hit right away. It, it, need, yeah. you, it takes a couple battles before you're like, oh, this is what's happening. Right. Well, in the first fight, and just to, I mean, I'm just to wrap it up a little bit, uh, it seems like uh, once the the opponent uh, takes on the Mantis style, uh, the, the editing gets a little bit more frenetic, and that's where I, I have a little bit more problems with it. Um, it's not it's not necessarily bad. It's just like I feel like the editing was so on on point of leading up to that 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 part of the fight. Once the once he adapts the the Mantis, and especially once he gets his hand busted up, it's like all right. Well, now the editing's kind of like all over the place, and I'm not as much of a fan of it. Um, yeah, and then obviously the main character he, he busts his own hand, and now they basically have a, fi- a fight with one hand each, 
and it, it basically ends like right there and then you know like he just takes him to the ground and uh, you know the loser admits the fuck well, has to concede to a defeat and then that's the end of the kung fu guy where uh, i guess we're on to the next fight yeah. yep uh because we have we have been talking about the first fight for like 40 minutes and <laughs> we haven't even talked about the other yeah four. yeah we, we need to move it along <laughs> yeah yeah uh next dude is this is very indicative of what you'd see in the lesson that you got from Warrior the Dragon, right? Which is, you know, uh, when Bruce Lee discovered, like, what, you know, like, what is the best way of taking down his opponent is, like, to not be so stiff, be a little bit more agile and nimble. And that's what the main character encounters in his next fight with the bow staff user. I guess the Japanese equivalent of bow staff. Mm. Um, so this guy, you know, wields a bow staff, but I guess his whole shtick isn't just the uh... bow staff. It's that he's... <laughs> You didn't get his stick. Yeah. Oh, there you <laughs> uh, I love how I love how you got the joke and I didn't. <laughs> as, a, as a guy saying it, uh, his shtick. Uh, it's it's already lost its appeal. Uh, with the bow staff. Um, oh well, his, his shtick isn't just the bow staff. It's that he's he basically pounces back and forth, kind of similar in the way that Bruce Lee would. And it's also kind of funny because that's how the main character also learns how to win the fight. Uh, like he, he basically takes it on as well yeah so the my problem with this fight is like i i get the visual that they're implying like oh you need to be a little loose like he adopts that kind of boxer hop in uh stance on back and forth on the on the feet but then i don't see how that actually caused him to win like mm-hmm. i i know what they are implying like in way of the dragon bruce lee needed to loosen up be less stiff he started, uh, you know, instead of just ferociously going in, he started kind of dodging blows and, you know, to kind of tire his opponent out a little bit. In this, like, I don't see how that looser fight style actually comes into play. He still looks kind of stiff when he's fighting, actually. <laughs> yeah. And and it's weird because I actually I, I like the choreography in, in this in this um, in this bow staff fight because I, I don't recall too many times when you see like an exchange of staff like going on like they're they're kind of blocking and fighting each other and then what ends up happening is like he grabs you know uh the bow staff guy grabs bushido man staff and and you get a switch of weapons at one point very very quick stuff yeah yeah this, uh, this, I, I, I like that this fight actually um confused me because it was the second fight and it is when he starts doing the boxing stance where he stop, starts hopping around, I was like, wait a minute, is he taking on the personality of the adaptive martial artist of Bushido Man? And because I was quick to catch on in the first fight of what was happening, I was like, wait a minute. So now this guy's like taking his approach to the fight and it kind of like yep. set me a little out of whack in terms of how they approached it. And, and I also thought Bruce Lee because, like, whoa, that's so weird. Like, that whole rigid fluid thing. Um, and then I started thinking because of the third fight, maybe they actually filmed it in a progression where they knew the third fight was going to be what it was. And they were alluding to something in advance so that there would be, like, some a little bit more symbolism beforehand to the third mm. fight. Because in the third fight, you have the nunchucks, you have the yellow and the black, and you have like, well, the stereotypical yeah. Bruce Lee situation going on for almost two whole fights. Yeah, well, I mean, so, Bruce Lee. So, so this, uh, yeah. Well, the homages are very on the nose. Like you, you know, that's exactly what he's he's borrowing from. He's like, I mean, super inspirational dude. You know, and you can definitely see it in, 
where we're, we're drawing the reference here. Uh, but yeah, like, well, I mean, let's not even talk about the nunchuck guy, because that's not even a fucking fight. <laughs> uh, like, to, to um, finish He enjoys some food, Okinawa, and he has beer, that, yeah, and basically. the guy knocks himself out. He's yep. a dumbass. And there were nunchucks. That's it. <laughs> right. Well, just just to wrap up the bow staff fight, really, you know, because uh, again, I feel like we're we're jumping uh, ahead a little bit. Um, yeah, like 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 you both of you said, like it's kind of weird that he's taking on the style of the bow staff fighter almost exactly as it is, but then just a little less fluid, and somehow he wins. I can kind of see that. Uh, it's just it almost feels like a convenience that he's um, that he's you know the main character that he just somehow wins. And actually, it almost feels kind of unfair. Now, it's not unfair, but uh, he, he, he used a trump card to actually win the fight, which is he's bouncing around, and once the main the villain or the fighter uh, thrusts his um, thrusts his bow staff at him, uh, he uses his cloak as a well cloaking device. And <laughs> oh my god, this, this that moment is so silly. Yeah, like he's yeah. bounce he's bouncing around, and then the bow staff guy thrusts the bow at him. And then Bushido Man bursts out of his top, <laughs> yep. like his gi. Right. Yeah, pretty much like a distraction. And that's what causes him to win. See, that, right. that's, yep. why the, that's why this doesn't work for me. Like, he became so fluid. He, what, he fell out of his clothes and that's yeah. what caused him to win? Like, that's not how the whole fluid thing with fighting is supposed to work. At least in my Yeah, opinion. yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's a good way of demonstrating it. He wins because, he, well, I mean, like, the weakness wasn't even so much that he was a more fluid fighter. It was just like, well, well the, he caught him off the guard. strategy is, well, they ca catch him off guard, but also disarm the dude, yeah. right? Which is like, oh, he thrusts the thing, and then now getting close. I actually kind of like that part of it. It's, it's not spelled out as much, but, like, getting closer to the guy with the long-range weapon so yes. you can take the, the staff away from him. Yeah, yeah, I, I did like that. But the, the problem is they I felt like they were alluding to that he needed to be loose in order to win as opposed to yeah. he actually just needed to be close to win. Right. I think this will all come back into play when we talk about the final fight. Which right, is, right, yeah. Yeah, like, even if it they don't make as much sense, sense contextually in the fight that it's introduced in, it makes sense by the end because he, I guess, it's kind of a spoiler, but not really. He, he uses the styles that he's learned throughout his journey to take down the final villain. Yes. And I think, I think we could probably talk about the final fight without spoilers, technically, but... Yeah, so that's how he defeats uh, the final guy. Um, but, uh, yeah, like in this particular fight, yes, I completely agree. He doesn't actually use fluidity to his advantage or right. stinging like a bee or whatever, floating like a butterfly. <laughs> uh, speaking, of, speaking of more Bruce Lee-isms, uh, nunchucks. The guy kill, wow, hits himself and so he dies. much wrong there. <laughs> what? Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Let's just move on. <laughs> Let's just move on. Now we see the main character stuffing his face with uh, conveyor belt sushi. And by the way, watching this movie when you're hungry is fucking torture. <laughs> yeah, and especially if you love Japanese food, because like the the main character just going to town on these tuna rolls. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. I think this okay, was so... a food movie first before it was a martial arts movie. <laughs> I, well, our conspiracy theory is that they didn't even have a movie in mind. The, the lead actor's like, I want to go and eat. This well, <laughs> I have a bunch of cameras, and I can write it off as a tax... You know, I can have a tax write-off if I say it's a film. This, Let's do it. This was uh, a food anime that turned into a martial <laughs> arts live action. 
<laughs> Dude, every anime turns into martial arts somehow. <laughs> Uh, everything's a shonen in some way. Oh, yeah. Uh, hey, so our next fight is against Zatoichi, I guess. The blind uh, yeah, sword's true, yeah. But, but yeah. not really. Yeah. 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 No, it's not really him, of course not. It's actually the guy who plays the gay rapist in oh, Hard Revenge yeah, yeah. Millie. Oh, yeah, uh, he's Icky in Hard Revenge <laughs> yeah. Millie. Yeah. Oh. Actually, um, what's his face? Uh, uh, Bushido Man, uh, Mickey Koga, is the main villain from the first Hard Revenge Millie. Yes. So, yeah, we have just a bunch of alumni from uh, uh, Takanori. Is that his name? Yeah, Takanori's uh, catalog. Um, and this is my favorite fight of the movie. Really? Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I really wanted to like this fight because I like a lot of the setup. Because... You know, we've we've kind of seen the blind swordsman before. That's like a recurring motif in, in uh, samurai films and Japanese cinema. I love the idea of the blind fighter whose hearing is just so almost supernatural that he can predict your moves like eat, like almost to the second that you're trying to yes. do it. And I was kind of hoping it was going to go even more elaborate on, on how they did it. But uh, for me, like the this because this isn't really a fight, the pacing really, really, really slows down because it it just becomes more of uh, he's he's almost like verbally antagonizing, like yeah. towards the end of it. Yeah. So that that's the that's a trouble with samurai films. I mean, I'm not at all saying samurai films are bad in a negative way, but for our format, it's always it, like we've covered we've watched a lot of Japanese movies in preparation for this month, and samurai movies are always a little tricky because. You said it before, it's like there's this, the problem with this fight, which I didn't see as much of a problem, is that there's a lot of setup. I don't think it's as bad as other samurai fights, um, you know, where like those are really extreme, where it's actually it's all set up and like one, two slices and then the fight's over. Mm -hmm. Here we actually get some, some bouts of choreography and I actually like that. And, you know, like having all set up and little action is good for one kind of style. You know, like if, they're, if you're totally into that kind of action movie, Whereas here, it's like, we get a little bit of both. Like, we get proper setup. We get, like, tension building. Um, but when they actually are trading blows, it's like, oh, there's actually pretty decent choreography here. It isn't just like, oh, they're going to draw their swords and then do a swipe. And then you see their silhouettes. And then one of them starts splurting blood. Right, right. And then yeah, one it, of them it, drops it, the It floor. doesn't become stereotypical. I like that this does feel modern and you do get small bouts of choreography. But... I, I just kind of wanted more because those first two fights, you know, there was a lot of choreography, so I was hoping it would be in this along the same lines. But this this feels right for you know the traditional samurai bout. Right. This is the uh, this is the checks mix of martial arts movies, dude. <laughs> this is like it has has a little it has the kung fu fight. It has the uh, uh, it has a samurai fight. Yeah, the bow staff fight. You know, it has a samurai. You know, so it's like they're, they're trying to put a little bit of their hand in everything. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't mind it. It's, it feels like a, I feel like it was a pretty unique take on the samurai fight. And yes, of course, it, it is a little bit more drawn out. But I feel like all samurai fights are drawn out. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 for me, this one is just the weakest because I wanted more choreography from it. But I like the idea a lot of the blind swordsman. I wanted him to just start calling out his moves as right. he was fighting him. So it was like. <laughs> we knew that the fighter was just so much more superior than him. 
Well, there, there's that one moment where once, once, uh, the well, yeah, it, it, it does losing. happen later. He does start calling out yeah. moves, but I wanted, he, like, I wanted like a full fledged, like bad mm. choreography where he's kind of doing that. Uh, well, I mean, well, we can explain it that the blind swordsman, he can predict everything. He actually calls out, he says like downward strike. And then that actually halts the main character in place. He's like, oh shit, that was what I was going to do. Yeah, he's like, downward, downward strike, your left foot is forward. So we know, like, yeah. oh shit, okay, yeah. The, yeah. The, I think that's clever. The Shido man is not really going to do anything in this fight. Right, yeah. So uh, it begs the question, why are they fighting with real swords? <laughs> like someone, someone can actually get hurt here. Um, Which is another thing real quick. Um, you're actually not supposed to touch your own sword. Um, as a samurai, there is a whole lengthy uh, cultural practice and cleanliness process that enta entails handling the actual blade, but it is something that you do not touch. Um, so everything kind of goes out the window as far as it's, the regulation. It's okay, Mark. They had some hand wipes. It's it's fine. They so just wiped is, it down later. so is it like um, is it kind of like a celibacy thing, like a metaphor? <laughs> <laughs> never touch your sword. Never. Uh, the only they, thing they... that ever touches the sword is either blood or basically <laughs> like oil to clean it. Nothing else, which um, is also technically yes, a euphemism for a penis. Or plunging it into the flesh of your enemy god yes right <laughs> a lot of penetration well, well yes. yes uh is this is this a metaphor for gay sex because they keep crossing swords then <laughs> yeah uh i will yeah, refrain like, uh, from making certain comments anyway okay continue. then you then you don't want to watch hardcore <laughs> millie uh or not hard revenge millie because uh that there's a very non-pc character in that movie um yeah so the main character tries many methods to fool blind swordsman again it's it's more visual storytelling rather than like uh, in terms of like a cin on a more traditional cinematic approach rather than saying like doing it through the action i don't know if i explained this correctly uh, through the fight choreography it's like he's you see him picking up a, a rock to throw it to the other side of the, the swordsman as subterfuge to distract him and the blind swordsman was like, I'm not a fucking, I ain't no fucking punk bitch. Yeah. Well, that, it was uh, funny because I, I was thinking that, you know, like I was thinking, I was like, all right, maybe he, I, I would distract him somehow. And then the movie actually addresses it, yep. you know, being ahead of the audience. And I, and I like that a lot. Yep. Uh, even like, I, I was thinking like, what would, what would a stereotypical like approach to this fight go? I was like, well, I mean, we've established in the pr previous fights. Oh, he just. He just takes on the style of his opponent. So I was like, oh, is he going to blind himself? Huh. Like, that doesn't make any sense. This whole movie's told in a flashback. <laughs> and then that's, that was your complaint before, Mark. And then I realized, I'm like, oh, he's going to he's gonna put a blindfold on. Yeah. But then, the, again, uh, the blind swords, I'm like, I ain't no punk bitch, and just slashes that thing off. I love that moment. That's an awesome <laughs> yeah. moment, though. The visual of his blindfold coming off, and he's like, stop yeah. fucking around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is kind of exactly how I felt when he put on that blindfold, because it's like, how mm -hmm. are you putting on a blindfold? Which clearly mm -hmm. makes you at a lesser advantage. Like, this guy has yes. been blind for such a long time. He mm -hmm. clearly knows what he's doing with his disability. Why yeah. the hell are you purposely you're making yourself weaker? There is no level up by you, putting up a blindfold. Like, what? You learned how to fight in the dark. I was born in the dark. Right, you know, exactly. Whatever dark Well, it's weird because the movie reference. is telling us, like, yes, okay, he can't defeat him by being blind. And so the, the strategy now is, well, let me just try that one more time. <laughs> <laughs> but this time permanently. Right? Uh, with, with cutting yeah. himself, which is actually a little bit not, like, 
it, it's it's not told well because all of a sudden you see him bleeding from the eyes like you barely even understand what has just happened like you're unsure yeah, whether or not true. the swordsman blinded him by cutting the, the blindfold off you're unsure whether or not he did it so quickly well it's, ve- it, it's very clear that he is cutting his own eyes yeah. but well, i think does, i yeah. think they say that, later yes. that he cut his eyelids and not his eyes yeah that's right. the part i didn't like i was like oh okay you have to be very precise to only cut your eye <laughs> eyelids and nothing yeah, else yeah um, hey, but I like the, the the choreography afterwards. Uh, once he cuts his own eyelids, I don't understand how on earth he. You know that that's like a recurring thing we can con we can complain about the whole about the whole film is like how does he just immediately become a master just by imitating his opponent? But I guess it's, again, it's all the food that he's been having. <laughs> like, I don't know when you when you can't when you can't explain it, just say that it's the food or a wizard did it. Right. Um, that's yeah. basically how it, he he defeats the opponent. And here, um, he he actually takes him on by close quarters combat, mm-hmm. right? And I actually like the the choreography here. Uh, it's one of those examples where a mid shot or a close up of the action actually works in mm-hmm. in the favor, right? So I mean, it makes a lot more sense because you're a lot more closer. So you're just seeing a bunch of hand movements like sheathing and unsheath like forcing each other to sheath and unsheath their sword and yeah so, i really yeah. i really like that he's trying to unsheath his sword but he keeps grabbing like yep. the the sword holster i forget the name and then he keeps on like yeah. putting it back in and it's like yep. he can't you know he can't uh, wield his blade right I, right so i, the, I don't know to... but all this talk about unsheathing swords is getting a little homoerotic over here again <laughs> hard, hard hard revenge Millie has i think like <laughs> two rape scenes like gay rape scene. i don't know whatever uh anyways uh so yeah like the, i like the way that this this ends you know like uh, like uh, like he actually wins kind of strategically but also out of sheer luck I don't yeah know. It, it doesn't like a... it doesn't work the fact that he blinded helps himself again when he mm-hmm. already it already didn't work before but yeah we just have to let it you know we just have to give it to him because you know movie right right <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we have, I guess we have, like, three, three more, yeah, three more of the deadly, uh, fights that he has to go through, uh, two of which, uh, don't really count, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the next one would actually kind of be the last one, kinda. Uh, it's the fight against the Yakuza dude. But before that... And Yokohama, the post-apocalyptic Yokohama, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense. Yokohama. No, nobody. Uh, right. Nope. <laughs> I, I was, I was thinking, <clears throat> I was thinking electric keyboards, <clears throat> but uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it doesn't make any sense because when he's in Yokohama, he first gets there. It's like a a modern, an actual modern restaurant serving okonomiyaki. Or no, mm. takoyaki, 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 takoyaki. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oh my god, I'm getting hungrier and hungrier yeah, as we talk about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, so now he's on the the beachfront and he's fighting. He's going to take on a Yakuza dude. I guess the struggle here is that, well, the main character is a humble, noble fighter. This guy is a Yakuza member. He does not fight fair. In fact, he fights mask. incredibly dirty. Mm-hmm. And his, his shtick, eh, well, this is, that joke doesn't work for this one. With his knife. His, <laughs> His gimmick is his knife, yes. And, but he'll also like fight in the most like uncouth ways, right? Like, even when he should have admitted defeat, he'll 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 use whatever advantage he has in the environment, or you know, like uh, you know, work with his opponent's weakness. Um, well, like when is he has his guard up? Uh, he doesn't have his guard up. Um, 
Yeah, and this whole fight is better than the fight from SPL. <laughs> <laughs> I I this, this I love fight. this knife fight. I'm a I'm a very very uh, big fan of, of knife fighting, and yeah, I was really surprised. Like I I don't rem I watched so I watched I was telling you Will I watched this movie like a long time ago, and I remember liking it, but I that was before I was really really looking at choreography. Right. And when I watched this again, I was like, holy shit, I really like the knife fighting in this. Yeah. It, 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 it Similar into what happened with SPL, like, it, it starts out with really, really good choreography. It does kind of devolve into, uh, like, slashing at the camera because mm. it becomes hyper-editing at that point. But that's that's fine because that's in long that's in long the lines of the pacing of the fight. So I'm, like, a little more forgiving of that. But I do like the choreography here a lot. Yeah. Well, we have the advantage of the environment, right? It's a beach. The cameraman can be anywhere. <laughs> mm -hmm. But you know, like, but we do have like these extreme close-ups, and it still works uh, because we, at least uh, we don't talk about the editing techniques too much in detail sometimes. Uh, but one thing that you do, um, and one thing I actually have a problem with a lot of modern Hollywood movies, is that you have the action or like the the movement in in motion and then you show the like the full ex uh, this is very hard to explain audibly you sh like imagine you're throwing a um you're thrusting a knife which they do in this in this movie you, you thrust the knife you can see in edits the entire motion of the the movement from the wide you see him uh, winding it up thrusting it and at the end you actually see the movements continue to move right so it's like you like throughout even between edits you see there's still continuous motion mm. i feel like in hollywood movies it's like show the motion and then in the next shot you just see the reaction it's right. like right it, right yeah if, if you I, see, I, I see what you mean yeah you see well, like if someone's getting kicked in the face like you, you see the motion of the kick and then in the literal next frame you just see the head bobbing the but you don't see the head is what you're missing yeah, exactly there's no follow-through exactly and here it's like well that's how you, this is how you're supposed to do it you you see like the really quick really fast um thrust from a wide and all of a sudden like you're an extreme close-up and you see the motion still coming through that's how you do edits. Mm -hmm. You hear that Hollywood? You hear that fucking uh, what is it? Guardians of the Galaxy? Fucking, <laughs> God, those those movies. Uh. Anyways, what, so yeah, I listen. Guardians was good. Ragnarok was good. All right. Anyway, onward. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah. The again, like we we have a pretty good knife fighting going on here, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we have a lot more range like we have a lot more movement around the fighters i really um, like the uh the yakuza guy the yakuza guy's fight style too he like it it's perfect to what his character is and what they were describing he yeah. fights very unfair very frantically very you know it's kind of like unhinged he's using a lot of headbutts in the beginning and it's funny <laughs> because it really throws bushido man off because he's the noble fighter he's like in the stance and then suddenly the guy is just going right at him. And you can see it literally like catches him off guard. And then he starts throwing the headbutt and he's like, ah, shit, shit. I think we just realized that uh, when we were watching this, after this, this being our like fourth time seeing Yakuza's in Japanese movies, like they just really love to headbutt. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, in fact, that's the how, how Yakuza apocalypse ends. They just headbutt the shit out of each other. <laughs> and actually, that's how this movie ends. Uh, well, no, sorry, it ends. Uh, the, not the movie, the, how the fight this scene fight ends. ends. Yeah. You know yeah. what? You, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, ah, crap. Skip. I was actually going to say that this kind of reinforces um, the fact that 
um, when you made that uh, Zatoichi reference before, I feel like they literally should have cast Takeshi Kitano um, uh, Zatoichi or because he plays everything from a samurai to a Yakuza mm. member um, in Sonatine and like all these movies. He, I mean, he's a household name in Japan oh, uh, as you far know as what? actors. He, money yeah money <laughs> yeah money. i think he Don't might get money. Too high profile for this. he yes. might be but holy crap would he he could play every single villain in this movie and, like whether it's <laughs> the, the, just, the, dude, the cowboy dude like whatever you know now him playing seven characters <laughs> yo if this was called like takeshi and the seven characters like it would be great it, it'd be fine Right, right. Um, hey, but you know, I, I, okay. For for just to put a cap on this this fight. Uh, yes, we have all we had the the head butting earlier. You know, like I actually thought that was kind of neat. Like you said before, zero. It's like uh, it's, it's a sequence. It was like a series of head butts, like that all missed. But I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. It's like Lethway kind of. Um, but you know, like and once once both of them are like really just fr- frantically wheel like slashing at the air and trying to cut one another. Yeah, there's that small portion at the end where it becomes the thing that I hate about knife fights in on in cinema, which is just like I can't see what the hell is going on. They're right, just basically right. they're just like attacking the screen. Yeah. Um, but leading up to that point, we actually have some really good mid shots. Oh mid-level god, shots. yeah, yeah. But so once it, this goes into the second part of the fight where it starts raining, like mm-hmm. the choreography gets really, really crazy. And I'm sometimes against hyper editing, but and and um, you know kind of erratic camera movements. But it works here because it's actually in line with the character. He's very erratic. So the fact that he's fighting erratically. It's editing erratically, and then the camera the camera is not violently shaking, but it is very wavy. It all it all works to the character, so I'm actually very forgiving, and I can still make out the choreography. So like I yeah, love right. all the crazy knife swings he's just throwing at Bushido Man, and Bushido Man is just like ah fuck fuck fuck. Yep. And and there are windmills, lots and lots of windmills for some mm. reason. Uh, no, but you can actually make up the action, and that that's uh, that makes a big part of it. And I'm I'm not kidding when I say I like this fight more than the one from SPL. I can't make out the action in that <laughs> that, mo- that fight scene. Uh, here, it's like this is how you're supposed to do it. Uh, a much more low budget uh, affair does the, a knife fight better. But I, I mean, to this movie's credit, it you know it has the advantage of being filmed like midday, so you can actually see like natural sunlight, um, and you you can see and the, the characters are wearing black in bright daylight, so like you, you know you can always see what's happening. Um, yeah, and you know like it kind of just ends when with a kind of like a. It turns into like a, a grappling uh, slash scuffle ish way yeah. of, of taking things down. Yeah, that that was the thing I remembered. I was gonna say like it's kind of interesting how this fight has like different proponents of fight choreography in it or styles because I thought the whole thing was just gonna be a knife fight, but then it turns into grappling. Then realizing that it's still kind of in line with the Yakuza's character, how he's like. Well, he just has to use whatever he can to, right. to fight this guy. And it turns into this ground brawl. And then it becomes like, okay, I'm just like, I need to try and take you out. And then they're fighting like on the, sh- with the, you know, the water splashing on them. And they're just like violently smashing each other with their fists in their head. And I was like, oh, okay, this, yeah, this all, this yeah. all kind of works uh, within yeah. the theme of this character. 
yeah, again, it's fitting for every fight. Like he's he's take. He, I mean, in a way, he's also learning the ways of this guy, which is you gotta fight dirty. And, right. Which, and you can actually see it in his 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 demeanor too. For the most part, in the entire movie, he's a very stoic character. Um, he doesn't really take personal pride in any of the fights. He's just fighting and you know like to, to, to win. Here's like he's showing actual anger. Mm-hmm. And he's showing all, like actual desperation. Well, because I think what you, I think what he's starting to realize too is the yakuza fighter isn't just gonna fight him honorably and might actually kill him. Yes, I think mm-hmm. in the in the previous fights there was this kind of understanding that oh, this is a duel because I want your scroll. If you win, you know you'll get the scroll. I think here it there is kind of an understanding that he might die because this yakuza guy is suicidal and actually wanted to kill himself previously. So, right. you know, he he really needs to be on edge now. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but after a bunch of headbutts, because <laughs> every Yakuza fight ends with headbutts, um, they, they have a heart-to-heart, kind of, uh, which will kind of come into play at the end. Uh, I think I think we could technically do this whole movie without spoiling the final fight. We'll just say that he Last does fight boss. someone. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to say who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and then the next two fights aren't really fights. Like, the next one is... Him versus the America, the guy who yeah, he, yeah. Oh, it's man. World War II I, all I, over I, again. I Billy, love Billy Bob. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I love when other countries do you know like a parody of an American because it's it it's so over the top. But I can imagine this guy really existing too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what like what what is ever what do foreigners think of when they think Americans? Uh, like brash. Uh, they look like they're from Texas. Huh. Yeah, actually, yeah. I should just, I should just stop there. They Texas. just look like they're from Texas. 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 Yeah. Texas is the stereotype of America. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the For only all thing you're missing listeners. is a bumper sticker. <laughs> like literally, if they had a shot of a car with some absurd bumper sticker, you'd be done. You'd be great. <laughs> oh, and, uh, and guess what? Uh, his food is a steak. <laughs> yes, a steak. I mean, I love steak, but I didn't think that America's food was a steak. Um. <laughs> When you think about when the half the country is like considered the South, um, mm-hmm. and most of their food is barbecue, I guess that makes sense. You know, it um, should have been a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, actually, hamburger. I would say hamburger. Uh, okay. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. True. Uh, but yeah, this yeah. this is this is like a gunfight, and I don't know. He wins because he forgot to eat a portion of his meal like that <laughs> like that was so dumb no was... but it makes sense because it makes sense because americans eat a shit ton that's so true. you gotta think like an american he yeah. couldn't handle it he, he had to come back for to, you know he had to like calm down you know make a room in his stomach he didn't have dessert he was prepared no, to finish the, the way he could have it would have made more sense if he came back because he loses the first time he needed to come back and real and gain like 50 pounds just like a real american and that's how he defeats the guy. Uh, but it's it's like a it's it's not really a fight like we said before. It's it's him versus a guy with a gun, and he has to take him on. Obviously, he doesn't have a gun in this fight. So this is the first time where he just doesn't have to. He doesn't take on the style of the opponent. He just he just the uh, he's just faster than him. That's yeah, basically, basically yeah. what happens. He has to get faster than him, or he has to kind of distract him so he's out of the way of gunfire. That's yeah, that's it. Basically, yeah. yeah. To be and then, fair, uh, yeah, that's it. Sorry. To be fair, though, this actually is another situation where you're alluding to the next fight, in my opinion, because mm. this is the introduction of guns, of firearms, 
and right. there is it's not necessarily a fight i would more consider it like an intermission with a training <laughs> montage kind of scenario where michelle yo pops up all of a sudden and <laughs> no i'm kidding like, no Mickey mizuno yeah yeah Mickey, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, close no, no no i was kidding wrong country wrong no guy. no no, no. I say michelle yeah at least you got you kind of got the gender <laughs> I I, I I say Michelle Yeoh because actually she kind of does look like her the, now that exactly you not only that but the jacket the uh, facial expressions the weaponry like right. it, the movements in itself like everything that goes on in that like fight quote unquote mm-hmm. fight is very Michelle Yeoh and um it's if you've ever seen Michelle Yeoh in Tomorrow Never Dies, that's pretty spot on. The 007 well, movie. Well, let, let's let's set up who Miku is. She yeah. is, I guess she's supposed to be the next big boss, right? And I don't even know what her well, gimmick she's a, she's is. Ac- she's actually not one of the bosses, I believe. Mm-hmm. For some I, reason, he just wants to buy guns. I, I yeah. can't remember the story. It's oh, like, that's, weird. Right. Inter- that's right. Intermission mm-hmm. in the whole fight situation. Yeah, like he, he wants to go the get the final boss. Yeah, right, he wants right. to go get the guns, and the quote-unquote American lets him know, like, oh, you can buy them from this woman, and that's why mm. he goes there. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so... she was never supposed to be a boss. She was just mm. the, the, the armsman. Or the, right. You know. Oh, that makes sense, because she doesn't actually fight. Uh, he doesn't fight her. He yeah, probably, they don't have a fight. He'll probably have his guts uh, scratched up with claws, and then his, <laughs> his entrails would fall on the floor, and then she would take a flamethrower out of her chest and burn it. This will all make sense if you watched Hark, Hard Revenge Millie, which is the this character, this woman, is the title character from that movie. And this, again, like we said earlier in the, uh, in the episode, uh, without any context, like the movie just goes kind of off the rails and becomes a little bit more ridiculous. But that's I love because, that. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's just like, but you'll now now you understand it with context. Like, oh, this is a this is kind of like set in the same universe. And uh, that would explain why this lady has gun arms. Well, gaunt- the, gun gauntlets. Yeah, the gun arms weren't in Heart of Angelili, but no. the shotgun knee yes. was in uh-huh. Heart of Angelili. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. So I this, don't know. I kind of... I love the shotgun knee. They don't show her reloading it uh, in this movie like they do in the in the in the Heart of Angelili. But she has to put the shells in her hip. And I love that, like you know, when she bends the knee, you see the shell pop out. Uh, it's so right. cool. It, oh. it, we're, we're missing this is literally a japanese genre of like a uh, subcult <laughs> film of mm-hmm. uh, like machine gun girl like kind of yeah, yeah. That it, whole... it falls along the lines of those movies yeah yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah She's... i'll just give another spoiler warning because like when when you're watching this movie you see you know it seems like a normal kind of fight movie and then when the guns come into play, that's when it just kind of all goes yeah. like off the rails. But in a yeah. good way, personally. I, like, mean, I was excited when it was happening. She's literally shotgun blasting shadow boxing. Yes. <laughs> at a certain point. <laughs> she, she, uh, she takes out a bunch of dudes uh, with, with a bunch of shotgun shells coming out of her, her, wrist. her wrists. And then she approaches the one white guy in the movie... And just starts going to town on him, <laughs> just starts just like, <laughs> With like blasting him. Yes, yes, and for yeah, and this is something that doesn't make any sense in hardcore, uh, no, hard revenge. Millie, too, is you know she has laser like lasers like to point to her targets coming out of her gauntlets. 
Like that, how are you aiming with those things? Like what is yeah, the point it, of that? It doesn't make sense. It's it's the visual. It's all there for yeah, the Yeah, of course. Of course. And it's great. I, lo- I like watching that white guy just like, like just flailing his body left and right <laughs> while he's getting shot up. Yeah. yeah, and it's obviously all the all the shotgun blasts are in um, done with CG, right? And done right. in post. So it's just you. They basically just told the actor just flail, flail your arm, flail your whole body left and right. Look like uh, you're splashing all about. Right. So I <laughs> do think the hokey pokey this... and shake it all. <laughs> okay. So I think this scene might have been added post. Like because ah oh, no it couldn't never mind well anyway <laughs> no so I, what I, I wanted to, what what I wanted to say is like um so when Bushido man uh, confronts uh, Millie uh, she goes have we met before and he says no uh, this is the first time so I was like ah that's funny because they actually did fight in the first movie in their yes. other movie well the actor but playing a different character yes, right. yes yes yeah well now he doesn't have a goatee. And he's not a, a jackass anymore. So there you go, different character. Doesn't right. matter. It also Wait. like doesn't explain why the Miku is oh Millie is not doesn't have blonde hair anymore. Doesn't yeah. matter. It's it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, so now so now this leads us to our last fight with yeah, bad end. guy. Let's just say bad guy, uh, say. which is actually really interesting because you know when I started this film, <laughs> I was like. <laughs> Huh. This uh, Gensei or uh, the, the Sensei Master uh, or whatever. No, you just kind of let it go. Nah, sorry. boo. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, it's fine. Spoiler. Well, well, since it's already well, there. Well, we, we said spoilers enough, so. Yeah. Sure. Yes. And I, I looked at his face and I'm like, wow, they really had no budget for this mustache. And <laughs> I thought to myself, nah, they're just like being corny like they're trying to yeah. make a 40 year old dude look 70 it's fine like no big deal wait you know? you're, you're telling Japanese me that mustache isn't real cinema kind of situation <laughs> wait mark are you telling me he didn't actually rip off his real mustache on for the screen <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's blowing my mind oh my goodness but uh sorry spoiler alert i guess uh it's like <laughs> part it's me. fine so the well final bosses the sensei Yes. So the final fight, uh, actually, the setup begins with him, the sensei, ripping off a lady's Denko, arm. Denko, Denko, Denko. Yeah. We didn't set her up before. Doesn't she? Doesn't no, matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, she's a fan girl of um, the traveling Bushido man. Who, yeah. you know, whatever. Who cares? She's mm-hmm. irrelevant. <laughs> Yeah, so um, we have actual gunfighting, like gauntlet yeah. gunfighting, because now both both Bushido Man and the Sensei have gauntlet arms or gauntlet yeah. guns. Yeah. So they are, they're basically, they're, I guess the equivalent of this would be like earth uh, fire bending. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, kind of. <laughs> yeah, like because you, you literally it, yeah. have something coming out of your hand. Um, but close quarters fire bendings. That's that way they can actually dodge mm-hmm. each other's movements um yeah and then like we, we you know like one thing that really we benefit a lot from in this movie is like oh in this particular fight is the different utilization of different lenses right so like when you want to show a little bit of uh how frenetic and how frantic it this and dire dire the situation is for the main, main character as he's like just firing one blast after another uh, out of his gun gauntlet uh yeah. we have a uh, fish eye lens so it's like it's like it's like very distorted you can kind of like you know, feel for the characters as well. You know, like, again, like, it's a good, you know, it's good that we're, like, doing these cinema tricks 
Um, I'm saying this as pointedly as possible while the sensei grabs the arms off the floor and uses them as nunchucks to deflect <laughs> Yo, when, okay. bullets. <laughs> first of all, when he rips her, he, first of all, he, <laughs> I remember this because he says a line which is just borderline cannibalistic where he grabs oh, I'm, I'm her hungry. by the yep. arm and then he mentions how you get to know your enemy by eating the food mm-hmm. that they eat and then he's holding her arm and i'm like oh shit <laughs> this is about to go down yep and at this point he had already shot uh, sh- uh fired shots with his uh arm uh, gun gauntlets or whatever mm-hmm. uh, gauntlet guns um at bushido man pretending like to be by accident you were like oh the first time it was an accident the second and third time not so much oh my god he's the villain are we about to get confirmation on this right it happens when he starts saying the whole line about eating uh the food and then he rips her arm off but it gets displaced in the middle basically at the elbow and immediately subconsciously i'm like nah He's not going to use those as nunchucks. <laughs> oh, wait. Five minutes later, he's like, ah, I'm out of bullets. I guess I'm going to use her arm as fucking nunchucks. Yeah, oh you're, you're putting a lot of logic to the fact that all that, whereas you're, you're forgetting the fact that he's deflecting bullets with flesh. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Doesn't super, matter. Super absorbent material, by the way. Yeah, and it's kind of weird because the nunchuck choreography with the severed arm and hand is actually pretty decent once you get past him deflecting the bullets with it. Like it actually goes into some complicated choreography where yeah. he's swinging it around and he's trying to hit him with it. There's some something fun about seeing the main character hiding behind the sensei as the sensei is taking the nunchuck and smacking behind him. Oh, yeah. And he's laughing maniacally like, ha 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 ha. You can't defeat my my, my chuck arms or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> the, my arm chucks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hashtag uh, arm chucks, everybody. So, so one thing I just wanted to point out to go back a little bit when the sensei is fighting, or when they're kind of fighting each other with the wrist gauntlets, if you go back and you look at the choreography, it's weird because it's all very, very simple movements because what they have to do is they have to end it with a punch and then that denotes the gunfire. Yep. And it's weird because I'm sure if you look at that choreography without the CGI, it probably looks very, very basic and very simple. Yep in how they're in how it's structured but for some reason when you add the gunfire and you add the you know the little shake and the smoke it actually does make it feel a little more intense which yeah, is yeah, kind of fun sure. because it, it with when it's just normal choreography like that could have just been really boring because everything had to end on just a punch <laughs> i'm sorry i'm laughing right now because i'm i'm watching <laughs> the way that this the first segment of the fight ends mm-hmm. uh so <laughs> Uh, I, I don't. I do want to talk about the the sword fighting a little bit, because but before we get to the sword fighting, um, uh, the, like the way that this first segment ends is the sensei pins uh, the main Machine character man. up to a sh- yeah up to a tree and oh, just starts yeah. going to town with a bunch of like fists to the. He's just basically like like treating his the dude's stomach as a punching bag, and it's just like like nonstop like going at it. And it's like it looks like it's sped up too, and you know, like you see all these dust particles appearing, and you just see like we we pan up to see a reaction shot from him, and just his eyes are all like bugged out. Uh, it's great. It just looks so fucking ridiculous. 
Um, well, imagine uh, it's it's Ip Man when he's yeah. you know when he's <laughs> punching that guy to the floor with like the hundred hand punch. That's exactly yes. what this is. Yeah, because the Japanese invaded. Oh wait, the, what? <laughs> uh, sure, weird segue, but okay. Um, yeah, so the the sword fighting itself, uh, it's not it's not like the previous fight right it's not it's not like tension building and then you know like like small bits of release like you see in that samurai fight here it's like we get more simple straightforward action like non-stop before they, they both get disarmed or they they don't they no longer carry their swords um i actually don't have that much to say about this portion i just think that the whole point of this is like in my opinion or like what i get as a sense from the movie is that they're trying to as much variety to this final fight as possible because yeah. I, whole... I like the choreography i like the uh the sword fight yeah i like the sword fight a lot the choreography is pretty good yeah it is and yeah. they they're utilizing like lots of different angles like like the one thing i really like about this movie is they're really giving us everything like yeah. they're giving us so many different styles they're giving us a lot of different weapons and then it becomes silly but they're having fun with it so mm-hmm. like you know there's just so much going on in this movie right yeah there's the well and then once he, they both no longer carry their swords and they're he's being pinned up to a tree you just see now we're, we're entering the realm of both ridiculous and like supernatural the the sensei punches so hard a, a shot of dust appears from behind like through the main character and then yeah, like, uh, it, it's almost like he had the gun gauntlets and he shot yeah. through him, but he no longer has them. And yes. then he does the same thing with a kick to the face. Once he kicks yeah. him in the head, you see the smoke come out from behind the tree like, oh, my God, so powerful. <laughs> and then the and then the movie's over. And then, and then the credits roll is over, right? Yeah, the Wrong. movie's over. Yeah, no, that's yeah, like the main character died. Yeah, <laughs> it was a weird fake out. It was it was kind of fun, but it was it. You know, like I, I was also like, oh, I guess the, that's how the movie ends. I actually, so, so, I actually so bought it for Mark, a second. Did you, did, did you stop the movie right when the credits rolled? Are you that type of person? No. So I'm the type of person that's like, why? Like, what is the length of the movie? How much do we have left? Uh, um, uh, okay, you know, okay, in, yeah. in the status bar. And I was incredibly <laughs> confused. I was like, damn, these credits are so fucking long. <laughs> Like, why are these credits so long? And then I got, like, I was about to switch forward, you know, like, uh, skip it a couple, you know, because, like, if you arrow it, you um, you skip ahead, like, 10 seconds every time you touch it or whatever. So I was about yep, to, like, yep. go through it and see if, like, I was missing anything. And then all of a sudden, it just, like, before I could even do that, it just, like, ripped the credits off the screen. And I was yeah, just like, okay, see, cool. <laughs> you see the you see the character's hand grab the screen and rip the credits off. Yeah. It's so, it's such a dumb fake out. Yeah, but, man. you know, this, this movie has established what it's willing to do. So. Right. Yeah. All, all in the vein of trying to be just all overtly fun. It's like, yeah, well, yeah. that's just a, they did, they did the, that fake out to... You know, for for that kind of purpose, they just want to be kind of like tongue in cheek, and yeah. So the fight's still continuing. Um, it doesn't last for much longer after this. It's that it's that hero rising, uh, you know, uh, rising up against all odds thing. And he, oh, now you mean is the, the flashbacks within the flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Well, now he now it's he's channeling all the things he's learned on his journey, which is now he's trying to incorporate as many styles as he's learned. Well, he incorporates um, everything he learned. So kinda. you can, you, yeah, you can see everything that he picked up, minus yeah. the thing from the, um, from the American, which well, is yeah. like 
which is like the the um the fucking saucepan to, yep. to block bullets Yo. like that doesn't that doesn't really come into play that in itself i forgot to mention is such an american thing that they actually picked up as a nuance which i appreciate very much because it is such a western like spaghetti western fucking little detail that you would not normally put in in a right. movie like this unless you had knowledge of actually watching these films back in like the fifties, right? Oh, well, that saucepan thing uh, they, they used to deflect that bullet from mm-hmm. the guy wasn't that the how he defeats Biff? Uh, how how Martin Biff. McFly uh, defeats yeah, Biff in Back, back to the, the Future, Future 3. Three? Oh, I wonder if that's what they're referencing. Probably, yeah. I know, I know, Back to the Future is pretty big in Japan too. So, anyways, um, so uh, now the main character is using his methods or like his many styles to to defeat the uh, his sensei. I mean, I, again, I, I do think that there's good choreography. It's just really short. Like uh, yeah. this, uh, this portion of it only is en- over in like 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. They they don't draw out the fact that everything he's learned is going to take a long time. Like yeah. you just see quick, quick snippets within the choreography of what he picked up yep. yeah yep and it ends with him now cornering his sensei against a tree delivering uh-huh. the man punches to the chest the the fire bending blast to the the chest and then my favorite move of all which is the uh remember kung fu hustle when uh <laughs> right. the the neck snap well the neck twirl mm. that's exactly what happens he punches his sensei so hard in the face with the hook that it makes his head spin around and what somehow the sensei's still alive <laughs> what was it the, the the toad character in kung fu hustle yeah yeah, to, yeah. or yeah the toad character yeah. yeah um yeah and then the sensei's like he falls through his you know, falls down he, he's you know he obviously lost and then we get the weirdest way to end a movie like this. It's kind of just sad for the sake of sad. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a, it's another twist. Yes, because so. well, we established before uh, that the sensei had an acting career, right? So he was yeah. acting this whole time when he was, and he was pretending to have betrayed uh, the lead character. Uh, whereas his true motives was that he needed to antagonize him enough. And fake killing the lady that what that non-important lady that we just mentioned before, and <laughs> pretending to be a bad guy so that he could take up the mantle of being the next sensei. And it ends on like the saddest note. Yeah, and he, like, he killed him. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why do you have to end the movie like this? It honestly right. should have just ended as soon as he defeated him, and it was like, yeah, they, it turned out he's a bad guy. Yeah, that's it. Right, right. Yeah, the inclusion of punching him so hard that his head spins. <laughs> And then the reveal that Denko, that her arm was not ripped off. In fact, she was, you know, in a, in for the ride and it was just all all fake. Is It's so silly, but it is kind of sad because you're like, oh, he really had to kill his sensei for this. <laughs> I'm sorry to be the rational one in this, but what the fuck does the mustache have to do in all of this? And why the hell, or how the hell, I should rephrase, did those arm chucks deflect those bullets <laughs> i i said they that before it. um i mean yeah again like it's like a really sad ending well not super sad it's it, it's just like somber for no reason and yeah. then but like it's also kind of ridiculous because you see the sensei explaining his motives while his head is backwards <laughs> he's still able to talk and then he dies and then the movie's over and for real this time yeah, and uh yeah. yeah that's that's bushido man uh brought to you by the guy who made resident evil vendetta 
Yes. Yes. I love that movie. What What oh, is wrong man. with you two? That movie. <laughs> I. Well, no, no, no. I didn't say love. That's purely a zero statement. Oh, God. Um, oh, I, I just it. said you need to rewatch yes, that movie. because that, that makes complete great. sense in terms of the filmography. <laughs> uh, well, it's a CG film, so uh, you're yes. probably thinking of the uh, the Paul W S Anderson Resident no, Evil. No, 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 no. I. No, no, no. I. It's just the fact that he has a um a history in mm. doing that. Um, makes sense. And, it makes sense to how he approached this film yeah, completely. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, he has a style. Actually, now now that I think about it, I can understand why Resident Evil Vendetta is the way that it is because yeah. of these movies. It actually works in reverse uh, because those, it, it, that movie is yeah. ridiculous. It's it's a beautiful um, Japanese uh, like genre or sub. I wouldn't even say subgenre. It, it's a it's a genre of Japanese film that exists where it borderlines the absurd and corny, mm-hmm. um, oh my God, and yeah. irrational, and it is purely something that is Japanese, and um, you can appreciate it so much that yeah. I don't think any other country or any other cinema industry has really um, grasped um, mm-hmm. like the Japanese have. Right. Well, we have three more movies to cover this month for. Japanuary. I was about to say the wrong, <laughs> wrong uh, way of saying it. Um, so yeah, you'll you will definitely get hear more of that. Um, well, since you're on this train of thought, Mark, what mm. is your thoughts on this movie? My thinking is, why the fuck did he have to shave off his mustache just to put on another fake mustache so he can pretend to be <laughs> so he can, he, so he can himself? Pretend to rip it off. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's 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 cheesy, but it's, again, it's intentional. I love that little detail when he when they go into the flashback and you see him putting fucking shaving cream on the fake mustache just so he can just so he can shave it off and then put on the fake mustache again. Oh, that was great. It's great. It's, fun. it's wonderful. Okay, um, I'm gonna say as far as my recommendations, it is a watch. Um, I like the progression of events, the uh, the fighting of different martial artists or masters in their field to kind of um incorporate that like a learning lesson of like a traveling martial artist mm-hmm. who is learning his lesson or l- learning about the world and mm-hmm. but that being said um it's very unique because it's japanese uh in its core in like in its like approach to the cinematography and it's like uh, s- uh screenplay like everything that's r- related to that um it's like will when you said there is an over exaggeration of certain facial expressions or like a lingering of you know being like oh my god you just did that and then that whole thing takes like 30 seconds and it's just like one facial expression but they linger on it and then they like it's very anime it's very like yeah um Mm -hmm. they just they just really stretch the crap out of it so it's niche it's nuanced it's um if you are not used to japanese film if you are not used to um this kind of corniness and i think i use that accurately um then you will not appreciate this movie but if you even i think watch anime uh uh, you Mm. will appreciate appreciate this because it is just a live action version of it um and there is a lot of good choreography and a lot of good storytelling uh not everywhere but (laughs) maybe like 75 percent of the time 
um, that... So action only yeah. or whole movie? Or not? I, well, I seems like I, one or the other. You know, this is one of the things that uh, I would say whole movie. Whole movie, okay. Whole movie, because action scenes are fun, but I think you're missing a lot when it comes to the story. Yeah. Um, you, the story adds to the action. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, I think I agree. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I just appreciate the corniness, really. I mean, <laughs> you say corniness. I I want to I want to like flip down on its head and say it's more camp than corny. It's a little sure, corny, sure. but like it's campy. But it's like it's a fun camp. You know, like camp implies. Yeah, if we're fun. playing semantics, sure, sure. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But um, yeah. In, in my own like <laughs> put on the spot moment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. So it seems like a general recommend from you. I'm gonna assume zero. You feel the same way oh yeah i mean well more so than a ge- general recommend i i love this movie i had so much <laughs> i had so much fun with this mm-hmm. um the the biggest uh detractor is the idea that um the way to defeat uh his opponents by eating like them it doesn't work at all yeah, if, uh... if you're like one of those nitpicky guys or gals and you're like wait that's not you know that didn't really come into play then Maybe you'll be annoyed by that, but you kind of have to throw that away like the first yeah. time you realize like, oh, eating food doesn't really give me an advantage at all. That was just some weird story quirk that they added that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Zero is basically uh, talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of wish but, they, uh, they'd use that a little bit more. But yeah, go on. To what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. How, how we were describing it in this episode was kind of what I wanted. Like maybe they could have ri- ri- written it better mm-hmm. into the, the script somehow. But that it's it's fine how it is. Yeah. yeah, just watch the movie. Because if you watch the fight scenes, you're sen- you essentially are going to watch the whole movie anyway. Because the whole movie is about the fights and him just uh telling the story of the fights the sensei so you can you can just sit down and watch the fights and the fights are good too so it's yeah so just just watch the movie yeah yeah, that's true oh shit uh both of what you guys said uh i'm just gonna echo it (laughs) exactly like there's nothing else i can really add uh I mean, uh, a specific. Uh, I, yes, I recommend the whole movie. Uh, if you're gonna be that guy who's gonna skip the movie oh. anyways and just watch fight scenes, I'd say check out. Oh, you know, I was gonna say just check out the samurai fight, but I'm like, no, that actually, yeah, you, you can't. You can't separate the the fights from the movie itself because, like we said earlier, the movie has so much variety. One fight does not indicate the quality of the other fights, and every every fight has like a decent level of quality but they're so different from one another even though That's they did that for billy bob yeah it's good and i like that but you can't watch the samurai fight which i do like uh and and come out of it thinking oh every fight's gonna be like that like no i mean there's so much diversity in this movie there's a kung fu fight there's a bow staff fight there's a woman shooting bullets out of her hands you know like you get a little bit of everything so it's like yes watch the whole movie and it's a lot of fun so it's, it won't feel like it won't feel like a drag anyways it's it's not oh, i forget how the length of this movie it's it's not that long it won't, it yeah, won't feel 90, very long 90 minutes hour and a half yeah it doesn't feel long at all it's it's mm-hmm. it goes by really quickly and the story's so simple if you right. are one of those people who doesn't understand the movie i don't know what to fucking tell you <laughs> it's a very simple plot Right. I think you'll have a good time watching it. To, to go on what you were saying, Mark, like yeah. it, this movie does feel pretty anime. And I would say that like this might be a good litmus test for if you might be interested in something like that. Because mm-hmm. as I've echoed many times in, in this episode, like the movie starts out very, very simple. You're not really expecting it to, to veer off into the strange or the yeah. wacky. Yeah. But then it you can slowly start to see them like kind of implement the silliness 
and then by the end you're just like oh my god he's swinging nunchucks you know with the <laughs> severed arm of this woman it exponentially just goes like off yeah. the wire yeah. like yeah crazy. and by that point you're already like at the end so you you have to stick with That's, it you can't just yeah. drop off because you don't like that kind of stuff and if you do, you're an asshole, all right? <laughs> hey, I, I'm not a fan of anime. Uh, well, well, not all animes, but, like, I, I generally don't gravitate towards anime. It's just my personal thing. Um, and I, I was like, yeah, like, I, I can see how it is very anime-ish. And I still like this movie because it's fun and it's campy. And, you know, it, it's, it's everything that I want. Um, again, what movie can you find a severed arm deflecting bullets? You, you can't find it. That, that, that alone is a recommendation for this movie. True. True. <laughs> Truer words have never been spoken. <laughs> on All right, that, that was I, on that note, mm-hmm. everybody, go eat some sushi and uh, maybe some ramen. Oh my god! Stop. Ryan beer. This uh, podcast is not sponsored Dude, by. Rewatching, any of those talking about this movie and rewatching it has made me so fucking hungry. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm actually gonna go get food now. <laughs>